0: What's going on and welcome into the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast.
1: It's the two brothers, your co-host as always, me, Sammy. And me, George. Welcome on in and thank you for listening on this beautiful Monday afternoon.
0: Beautiful Monday afternoon. It could have been even more beautiful, George, if we had a Mariners going to the next round or a Mariners game five, but we do have a Seahawks win and we're changing the game today instead of just doing it either Mariners or Seahawks specific pod. You guys are going to get both from us. If you're here just for one of them, we're going to start with the Seahawks segment right after our intro. Sorry, I messed that up. We're going to start with a Mariner segment right after our intro. Kind of just a quick give-our-thoughts recap, and then we're going to go to a Seahawks segment. So you can uh, just decide which one you want to listen to or listen to both if you're a big Seattle sports fan.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of people maybe uh, are heartbroken and don't even want to consume Mariner's content. I don't blame people for that at all, but we share that sentiment with you. So maybe you want, you know, this is more of a therapeutical session for all Mariner fans.
0: Yeah. We're not going to, we're not getting into too much stuff, about the game set. just we're talking a little bit, you know, just life Mariner's life. We'll talk about the game a little bit, but you know what I mean? Just, just, just come to, this is like the open room, like therapy session, like let all your feelings yeah. out. Mariner. So. <laughs> exactly. Enjoy it while you can and uh we're gonna do the intro really quick and we'll get on to the podcast y'all it's here we're gonna talk some mariners i wanted to say before we get rolling g is make sure you guys follow us everywhere at sant seattle s-o-n-t seattle uh, that's also on youtube if you type in at sant seattle Seattle on youtube also in the search bar you will find our podcast there our clips everything um and on all social media and if you like the mariners really specifically too or the seahawks on Twitter, you can follow us at Mariners on Tap and at Seahawks on Tap as well. Um, so all those pages are here for your uh,
1: for your Seattle sports consumption. Is that the right word? I think so. Consumers consumption all works. Consumption it is.
0: And I got my Never. Seahawks cup. This is a this is very Mariner theme.
1: Look at that. That, that I love that. Um, not Mariner theme. You mean Seattle sports? Yeah, Seattle sports team. Yeah, team. team. Whatever. dude. I'm come. still George. Okay. I know. I know. I know. You're rattled. Uh, so am I.
0: Yeah, I'm still rattled. This is like. This is the point of this Mariners segment is I'm still rattled. It, it fucking sucks what happened. Um, for those that don't know, we were at both games in Houston also. Uh, I have a significant other. My girlfriend lives in Houston, and we thought, hey, let's go check out the games there. We went to both games. It was a lot cheaper than the games in Seattle. And uh, watching the two games and the way we lost um, was really tough considering the fact that yes, the Astros are a better team and they outplayed us technically because they won, right? I'm not one of those people. I'm I'm not going to like bullshit here. But when you look at it, the Mariners were either tied or led in 30 out of 36 innings in the three-game series. Uh, The Astros literally only had a lead for six out of 36 innings. And that was a lot of mistakes on one pitch ending the game for the Mariners multiple times.
1: Right, in one pitch and one-one really big villain, and that's your Don Alvarez. I mean, he killed us this series. I know, not in not in Seattle, but in Houston, games one and two. he literally ripped our hearts out. And as Sammy said, we did go to game one and two in Houston. It was, I mean, look, I think it would have been a great experience if we won both games. Still was really fun to actually go and see your favorite team after twenty one years playing the playoffs on the road. Like it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong, but God, it would have been even better if we won those two games, and you know, just a funny story. Yeah, Sammy knows it because obviously he's <laughs> was there with me. But uh, I actually cried after game one. Uh, this is we said. This is an open session, a, open therapy. So what did they say, Sammy, therapy, you can't lie. This is a safe space, safe zone, safe I, space. I, safe I space. think I think they say safe space in therapy, not can't lie. I said safe zone, safe space. I don't know. I guess I'm not very familiar with therapy. Maybe I do need some after that trip to Houston. But but um, after game one, the walk off home run, uh, I just looked at Sammy and his face. I've never seen his face turn so pale white. I was I was not trying. He did not cry. No, I was a crier. I'm the d- guilty party of crying. But he looked so white and pale and a bunch of astros, assholes, or asshole, assholes. I do not know assholes. You got to just say ass-tros. Astros. were like, filming him, like, right in his face and me right in our face with their camera phones and watching our reaction. And I looked at Sammy, and I, I was already sad. But when you're sad and you see someone look just as sad— it triggers like an emotional response. So I started bawling my eyes out and I thought no one saw me. But then Sammy's girlfriend who Sammy mentioned lives in Houston. So she's an Astros fan. I think she's a closet Mariners fan. I'm pretty sure. But she was uh,
0: more sad about the Mariners losing than she was happy
1: about, about that Astros winning looked at me. was like, George, are, are you okay? She thought I started like, thought I was fake crying. And then I just started crying in her arms saying, but Sammy's so sad. Big brother, little bro- brother syndrome. is like, I I had that like uh, protection mechanism, I guess, uh, going, and it was just
0: it was not not a protection moment. You're just being soft. I was oh, I was so soft.
1: I was so soft, but I literally felt like my heart was ripped out of my chest, kicked onto the floor, stomped on it, and then reinserted into like my body, and told me to go walk around and act like things were normal. Yeah, it was a fucked up situation watching that loss, Um, and you know
0: the one part that really just pissed me off was the Astros fans. Like with putting their iPhones in our face, George and I were quite, you know, we were cheering when, uh, the Mariners scored and, you know, like I was clapping. I was excited with other Mariners fans. I wasn't like filming other people's faces after like a Mariners, like home run. I wasn't like neither one of us were being like, we were on our best behavior for, yeah. For somebody on the road, we're just, we were cheering when our team scored. So, it's not like a situation where people should be coming up to us, like sticking their iPhones in our face, like assholes, um, which
1: they popcorn, are. Th- pop- popcorn thrown at us too. That was game two. Yeah. True. But popcorn
0: thrown at us. Like, honestly, a lot of the, there's a lot of nice Astros fans, just like any stadium. There's a lot of nice people and a lot of assholes. Um, and you know we were greeted well by you know a lot of people at bars by astros fans but once the liquor was flowing or something at the end of games for some reason they got kind of mean um and i just it made me very upset and i know astros fans won't admit it it made me very upset game one i think there was the mariners rub five going into eighth there was a significant i know a lot of people would be like oh no one left no there was i was i saw and my said the guy two guys next to me left and said congrats on the win I saw a decent amount of people leave, and I know they're used to playoff success, but let me tell you who's not leaving that situation. Mariners fans, Cardinals fans, Yankees fans. um, Let me think of some Mets fans, Cubs fans, Red Sox fans. Not leaving, no matter the success they've had. In the eighth inning, so that really bothered me, and that goes to show that there's too much corporate money in sports for just people that don't give a fuck about the game. And they're just there because it's free tickets from work.
1: Yeah, I mean we've been seeing that around all sports lately, though. So I'm not going to signal out Astro fans. We just saw the Broncos during Monday Night Football. A huge amount of fans, and Broncos are known to have one of the best fan bases in all of the NFL. Whoa, whoa, rightfully so. Fo- right, right, I know. I know, but leave right before the overtime period began. It's just become the yeah, softenization of sports. They have to watch Russell Wilson. so it's True. But I think, I think it's what you said. It's the corporate side of sports. A lot of people are priced out of games, uh, playoff games, Monday night football games. Big games in general are priced out, so you don't have those diehard fans going to the game. So it's a lot of corporate money and a lot of people who, frankly, just don't give a fuck. They don't care at all.
0: Anyways, too long-winded about that stuff. So... Let's talk about the emotions here on Saturday, too, because uh, the game went 18 innings. Okay.
1: Before that, I do want to actually add one more note here. Um, Sammy probably knows where this is going about the Houston Uh, experience. T-Mobile Park, I remember getting a Diet Coke for about $8, I think, for a large Diet Coke last time I was at T-Mobile Park. Um, The concessions at the what is it now? Minute Maid Park, right? Minute Maid yeah. Park is a con- concessions are absolutely ridiculous. Well, first of all, I went to the hot dog stand and they have something called a Crawford dog, which by the way, is just a hot dog and a hamburger bun. It's literally the same exact thing. That cost me $19. I was like, okay, that's a fucking shit ton for a hot dog and a bun, whatever. Later on in the seventh I'm inning. I'm going to just and- say it if you don't I'm get to the point. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm going I'm, I'm to say it.
1: Let, let me, let, this is all about the concessions. I get to the concession stand and, quote, unquote, I don't even look at the price. I say, ma'am, maybe I get a large Diet Coke. She hands me the Diet Coke, $12.87, $13 for a Diet Coke. So I was kind of shocked, like $13 for a Diet Coke. So I I said, you know what, ma'am, it's okay. I'll just take a beer, Ben. She goes, I already poured a Diet Coke. Like it was literally liquid gold that you couldn't throw away 13 bucks sammy for a diet coke well if it was
0: 13 bucks it is liquid gold
1: i guess it is to them liquid gold but the the beers were 14 bucks i should have just opted for a beer i should have looked at the price so from now on when you go to a game look at the prices i guess is a very very good lesson for you folks
0: i would definitely look at prices
1: that that would be the way that was george i'm gonna give it to you
0: that was probably the most long-winded way somebody could ever possibly say that i spent 12 bucks on
1: a diet coke and uh I'm just gonna give it to you. Congratulations. <laughs> I had to paint the picture. I had to paint the story. You didn't think see, but I I, I wonder if people I if you're listening to this, like uh email us at uh on at gmail.com or tweet at us. It's it, not our I,
0: email, it's not our email,
1: but that's fine. We don't seattle have oh, at seattle at, the sports, at the sports, on sports on tap, on tap. Dot com. <laughs> Sorry about okay, that. Okay. let me say that one there.
0: more time because you just said it over me. Again. Okay, Seattle at the tap
1: dot Seattle at the sports on, tap. <laughs> seattle at the sports on tap. And let us know is First of all, $13 ridiculous for a Diet Coke, and is $19 for a hot dog ridiculous? Both of those I wanted to answer.
0: Now, uh, I think prices in Seattle were also very expensive for playoffs. I think you're just, um, including, you're just not experienced to like Mariners playoff concessions, which happen to be the same prices as other places, too.
1: Um, I think I'm pretty sure they were very expensive on that day, too. Were they Well, it doesn't make sense because if there's more people in a sold-out crowd, wouldn't you want to like kind of – if you sold it for the same amount, still make more money anyway because you're selling more? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's just, how it works. I, I'm just saying I don't know either. I have no idea. But I just thought $13 for a Diet Coke was ridiculous because I've never obviously paid that much for a Diet Coke.
0: And you've never been to a Mariners playoff game. So there it is. Yeah, I think it's it's a fucking ridiculous price. But I would not be surprised, personally. There's some research I got to do. I would not be surprised if that's kind of a common price right now at uh, ballparks.
1: Okay. Yeah, I might be totally wrong. We're going you,
0: There's some inflation in America. There
1: well. is some inflation. And plus, I usually go for beer, not Diet Coke. So I, I guess I'm not really an expert in Diet Coke prices. Yeah.
0: Don't buy a Diet Coke at a sporting event, first and foremost. If you're not, just like have a water or a beer. Like, Why are you buying Diet Coke at a sporting event? You can, sound do. sounded delicious. <laughs> awful reason. Not even funny. I'm not even going to laugh. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Diet Coke at a Mariners playoff game. All for right. those that don't know. I like beer, so that's why I'm upset with his uh his diet coke choice. Thank you. <laughs> not not cool. wasn't cool. Fair. But the Mariners had. I want to get to this so we can get over this topic and talk some uh, positive things, aka the Seahawks. Which is we did have the um, Mariners go 18 innings in Seattle in their first game in 21 years in Seattle in postseason history. Like I, I think one of the biggest parts of this that blows my mind, I guess, or like just, it seems classic. The Mariners would have a 21 year playoff drought and have one home game through that whole drought, because somehow we found a way to get swept, even though we outplayed the Astros, the entire series, we played one home game in 21 years and we show up and go 18 innings. And, okay, we lost. That's one thing. That's fine. You lose some games. But the fact that we went 18 innings in a home game after 21 years and scored zero runs, just absolutely. I don't know if it's classic Mariners. I don't know if it's just the classic like fuck you from like the baseball gods, but it makes sense. I don't know. There's something about it when I looked at the score. I was like, we lost 1-0 in our one playoff game in 21
1: years in 18 innings. Like,
0: Mariners. Like If you told me that story and didn't tell me the team names, I'd be like, that's the Seattle Mariners.
1: Yeah, it it was very fitting. And then, you know, you saw the jokes online. I guess like I saw one you told me, I guess the Mariners can't give it Felix Hernandez any run support after he threw the opening pitch. And then, of course, I saw one as well that said, yeah, of course, we go 18 straight innings when Felix throws the first pitch without a run. And in general, it's... Maybe... I love Felix, but maybe when you need runs, he's probably not the guy you need to put out there for the first pitch or something. He's, like, cursed, man. We could not get runs at all. That was... It was very disappointing to see zero runs on the board. It really was. It really is
0: pretty nuts, though, that it happened on Felix Day. Like, I...
1: Like, the classic... We have Felix Day, and we find a way to put up no runs. I know. You know, if you want to look at the bright side, uh, the pitching was fantastic. The bullpen was fa- fantastic. That's the bright side. But I mean, we knew going into yeah, this playoffs, we knew going into the playoffs, <laughs> I know. <woo. laughs> we knew going into this playoffs, our biggest problem was our bats. I mean, we unfortunately this season, we thought Kelnick was going to be a big bat. He wasn't even what got better in the second half of the season. We thought Kyle Lewis would give us something. He didn't. We thought Jesse Winker would give us something. He didn't. And then, of course, um, you know, we got guys like uh, Mitch Haniger who really did not have a good second half of the season. So, all in all, overall, our bats, we knew, were the problem. So, I guess it made sense That's how our season ended was because of the bats.
0: Yeah, you could see we knew it was the problem, but that was – not intended to be the problem. So it is still very disappointing. You know, like uh, uh the way I see it is when you have, what's the best way? Like we did not plan or it's not like we under executed the off season. This is what bothers me. It's not that it, you know, you, you're right. Maybe we didn't have, um, maybe we knew going into the playoffs or about some of a weakness. That's what I meant. But still, I thought maybe, I don't know. Things can change. Like when you actually look at our lineup, you had guys like Julio, Ty France, both all stars. You had Cal Raleigh, who basically had one of the best rejuvenation stories in all of baseball this year. And as a catcher, is just as good as you can get for a catcher. Not many catchers can, you know, hit a lot of home runs and twenty-seven home runs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on top of that, you had Haniger, who technically could get in like a good rhythm at some point. Right. Um Frazier, who was really good until he played with the Mariners.
1: Suarez was actually playing really well. JP yeah, we Crawford. Pinch, pinch. You know, really, if you look back at a pinch running Crawford in the ninth, we'll, get there. we'll get there. Yeah, uh, Like, let me just
0: finish this point because I think every part of our lineup actually has a rhyme or reason to be there. That was like the thing, like some rosters don't have that. I feel like, we have like that top prospect that just sucks right now for some reason in Kelnick, And you have the Adam Fraser, who was part of an important trade and was an all- star before coming to Seattle. and Suarez, and it was supposed to be Winker, and it's supposed to be, you know, this guy, J P. Crawford batted like three thirty in the first two months of the season. Just for some reason, half our lineup just stopped playing good baseball. And I, it's like one of those where it's like the the off season was actually okay. Like now, when you look back, and you have Suarez and the the prospects and different things, but then like half the lineup just kind of gave up on us, as in like Winker, Fraser, Crawford, Kelnick. It's kind of sad because like it could have been a really really high end offense, but like it just like so. Do you run it back a, a little bit or do you not?
1: You know, I, like I, I'm not sure. And I think we like in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. This is exactly what we talked about. We've had some misfortune despite being where we are. Like you just said, all those guys you named were supposed to be good hitters. Winker was supposed to be the best left fielder in all of baseball. It's a lot of misfortune, and I just... Yeah, okay, if you look at it in theory, you're right. There are no holes. Uh, I don't think you can just run it back, but with the same exact offense. I think you have to pick and choose. I think you have to pick and choose a couple places to say, okay, we can't run it back. We can give this a chance, like Kelnick, right? I mean, we still know his potential, But maybe someone like Frazier, we have to upgrade second base. Uh, Carlos Correa is still a free agent. I would like to go out. Bogarts is also a free agent. I'd like to see ourselves go out and get one really, really, really established bat. But then again, man, this is this is this is T-Mobile slash Safeco Field. You go back into our history of getting free agents. Sean, don't call him Sean Figgins. Went from from one of the worst, uh, best third baseman in all baseball to can't hit in Seattle. Richie Sexton went from, you know, 50 home runs down to like in the 30s. Adrian Beltrade came as a MVP candidate, had an okay time in Seattle, left and won the MVP award. I mean, also T-Mobile Park's not really a hitter-friendly park, so... It's like you got to kind of decide wh- who you think can hit there and and what not. I I don't know what to do, but I don't have the answers. It's too early to really. I haven't really thought through it yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, we're gonna have a couple guys. Let's say like you. First of all, if you don't get a shortstop and you just get a second baseman, like you can. Keep Crawford raised. I mean, but if you can also go for a shortstop and move Crawford to second, so I think Crawford is going to be on the team. I think so. Uh, and I think we do have Winker. He's going to be a backup or a DH sometimes or something, right? Well, well I was or just reading on
1: Reddit right before the thing. They say his relationship with the team is pretty much like <sighs> done. He might not, they, they're not going to, might not be on the team next year. I don't buy that. He yeah, seemed like just, a guy, big team he, player. They asked him to come to the playoff introductions uh, at T Mobile Park for opening the game. He decided not to come. There could be many reasons behind that. I don't know. He seemed like he was a big guy in the locker room all year. I know, but that's what uh, I'm just reading. That's what Shannon Dreyer said on Mike Salk's show today on Sports Radio. So I don't okay. know. But, but I don't know. That's, that's weird. Just, yeah.
0: Anywho, this Gene Segura is a free agent. I'm
1: looking through some of the free
0: agents. That's a good second baseman that you could bring in, but he's 32, so you got to get him on a
1: friendly-ish deal, right?
0: right. Like, yeah, I haven't even looked
1: at the free agents. Who? Let's see, who are they?
0: Oh, we're, we're we're getting there. We got Gene Segura at second. I'm telling you, just like good names. Um,
1: okay. Let's see.
0: Third base, Justin Turner, but he's thirty-seven, so it's like that's too much. Nolan Arenado, but you're not going to get him. No. <laughs> I don't
1: think you leave the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, uh, Evan Longoria, he's thirty-seven. He's still in uh, the league, <laughs> I guess. Um, let's go to shortstops. We don't need any outfielders, like whatsoever.
1: Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, I would totally agree with that. I mean, and that, but is a free agent? Hmm. Um, Yes. Okay. So we might need an outfielder. We might not.
0: Yeah, I know. But you could probably figure something out. Trey Turner is going to be a uh, free agent. So is be Swanson. But he's going to re-sign with. Um, he's going to re-sign with uh, what's his name? Wait, is this a this is is this the right area? Yeah, this is okay. He's going to re-sign probably with the the Braves. I'm sure. Um. Diaz from Houston. He's he's he'll be free. but He's not that good. I don't know. There's not that many free ones. Uh, it doesn't, even, so, it doesn't sound like just a huge... it's gonna be Correa, and I know Bogarts is gonna be on the trade deadline, not or trade rumors, maybe not. Or it depends on if he has an opt-in or opt-out. But no, it's gonna be Correa or Bogarts, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, and it, like... yeah, but it seems like look, I mean, with Correa, if we want to look at some bright side, it seems like our organization right now with Julio Rodriguez and Luis Castillo, we are, it seems like, you know, and I think this actually matters to a lot of players is it seems like it's very friendly for the Hispanic type of players, Suarez as well. That clubhouse seems to have a really good uh, Hispanic, like, uh, lineage, I guess I would say. I don't know what the exact word is, culture. And maybe that's, that's something that could attract someone like Carlos Correa.
0: Possibly, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I hold like almost every team in the league kind of has it.
1: Almost. But do they all have Julio? No. Okay. They thank you. they have Juan Soto and they got <laughs> yeah. uh watch him sign off the Padres. Like I I'd give up.
0: I know. I I do think um Correa is the most realistic. But it's gonna also take like one of those fucking stupid ten years, hundred and eighty million dollar contracts yeah. probably maybe more. I don't know. I don't I don't even know if I'm fucking ready to start talking about it. So yeah. you know yeah, you know what? I'm not either. We're gonna have a podcast probably soon where we actually break down these things. Let's let's just stick to emotions right now because my emotions <laughs> are uh just a little tough, man. Like it it I just still can't believe we scored zero runs. Um, and you know what? It is the epitome of like our bats aren't there yet. Um, although the Astros who have a t- probably 10 times better batting lineup than us also only scored one run in 18 innings. So it's kind of what you said a minute ago is you got to consider this is T-Mobile park. No matter who you have here, including a Julio Rodriguez, they're not going to hit you 60 home. to be no Aaron judge shit would happen in T-Mobile. No, you know, you're going to get some balls that die, um, like die as a pop up in the air, right? Like right. you saw that in Seattle the other day. There was so many balls off the bat. The announcers saying the air is so thick here. It's like sixty degrees in October, and that was a hot October. It was like sixty five
1: degrees. Right. Other
0: maybe next year in the playoffs, it's fifty four degrees and raining, um, and the air is thick and it does not travel. It's yeah, but I'll go twenty it
1: You'll go twenty two innings without that run.
0: Or- <laughs> Literally, although uh, you can get a base hit. The, the both teams surprisingly couldn't even get a string of walks and base hits. But you're not going to hit a lot of home runs. You're right. So at the end of the day, I know everyone wants to go get bats, and I, I do too. But I think this time around, we don't need to look at like a power bat. We don't need anything like that. Get a good shortstop or second baseman, somebody that can get base hits on base hits. And I think the Mariners will be in a great position with a guy like Julio who can do both. Suarez is going to hit you home runs. So is Cal Raleigh. Those guys hit home runs in any ballpark, and then ty france is going to do a little bit of everything again hope Kelnick is okay um and then the maybe
1: maybe kyle lewis gets healthy i don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna count on it but i don't don't know i don't even i don't want to go there yet either because i don't fucking know dude is is there any update on him no he's he's he is alive and doing well that's all thank god if
0: jesse winker maybe is like okay i don't know you never know like i know what you read but like Maybe Jesse Winkers.
1: Maybe. Healthy. I mean, look, the, you can, you can, whatever I read, you can actually fix any broken relationship <laughs> with money and saying that you're going to play more. So, I mean, no. Kelnick two weeks ago unfollowed the Mariners, or I deleted all his Mariners stuff off his uh, Instagram and social media. now he was on the playoff roster. So, never say never. Literally. Um, Well, that sucked, but that
0: was also awesome and I'm proud of this team. I think we should say that before we move on to the Seahawks is uh, at the end of the day, I think we both talked about this. It's not satisfying no matter where you lose in the playoffs, unless you win a world series, it's always the goal. But you have to be happy as a Seattle Mariners fan. Seattle Mariners fan, you're lying if you're not happy that we ended a 21 year drought and we took our first step in the right direction. And mm-hmm. not only our first step, they won a playoff series. A lot of these young guys that means something. I know it's the wild card round, it's two games, but winning a playoff series means something to a Julio Rodriguez, into a Cal Raleigh, into a whoever you want to mention, a Suarez, uh, all these young guys, Ty France. It matters to win a playoff series like they did and get some confidence going into the next year, saying, you know what, like we can do it again. And so I'm happy is like kind of the biggest thing
1: here. Yeah. And I mean, I, I said this, uh, I've read them all over Twitter. It has a, also the same thought all over Twitter. It has a 2012 Seahawks feel to it. You know, the team got got to the playoffs, got a taste, and got ready for their next run which hopefully, you know, led eventually to a Super Bowl. Um, Hopefully this leads to a World Series. This is a great, 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 as much as it hurt to lose, great first step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, uh, literally, I guess. There's nothing. It does actually have a lot of a playoff or a
1: 2012 like
0: Seahawks feel. Um, Like we were like, huh. They made the playoffs. And then they you remember they blew that
1: game, game against, against the, the Falcons, yep, yeah. yep,
0: they I knew you were going to do that. I love what Georgia. George loves having good sports mm-hmm. trivia. So I know that's like you had to say it before I said it out loud, just so you could prove that you knew what I was going to say. I know George is my brother. I know him very well. That I know he's going to be like Falcons. I know the game he's talking about. It's like the sports trivia. I know it's it's it's, it's... it was a game against the Falcons. That was the one. Sorry,
1: (laughs) it's my um, it's my it's my weird tick. tick.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's like, I was like, they blew that game against the Falcons. <laughs> like, okay, yes, that was it. Uh, he batted 337. Yeah, like I was like, all right, like I was going to say that in the sentence. It's they They were up, and it was, I think it was Gonzalez at the time, still wasn't it? Tony Gonzalez that like was dry. Matt Ryan threw it to him like 12 times. Yeah,
1: I know. I was trying my best not to answer that sports trivia. But it,
0: was, that was it, was a totally, it was totally, it was totally Tony. Gunza- it, was it was totally Tony. difference totally, between a question. And somebody going, there was that one game against the Falcons.
1: That it is, I think, uh, I think their the kicker question. their kicker was Anderson. I don't know. Tim Anderson? No, not Tim. I think Star- Michael M- Morton, I think. I don't know. I I could be wrong about Morton's that. Morton's the last name. I know. I think it was Morton Anderson was their kicker. But I'm, I, I, I don't need to know this, but I'm going to Google Morton Anderson kicker. Yeah, it was a Atlanta Falcons kicker. Okay, I was right. Everyone's
0: so impressed, George. Like I think everyone's probably like. No, no, I'm not. I'm freak not. out. I don't that even.
1: That. I don't even know if that was actually. He was a kicker for the Falcons. I don't know if he was on that team or not. Though
0: he was not. It was Matt Bryant. It was Matt but Bryant. Okay. Hey, Falcons. So. Oh, that's
1: good. I'm glad I didn't know that because I don't want. That's know, a big like,
0: fat L, George. Okay, that's fine.
1: Um, but Morgan Anderson was a kicker for the Falcons. That's, yeah, at least no, I got I want to know, it was Tony
0: Gonzalez, though. It was. Yeah. He, I remember he drove, the, Matt Ryan threw it down the middle to him, like, four times. And our defense was just getting really good. So it was very disappointing. They got that game-winning field goal. Um, and then I remember, you know, there was, like, the corny quotes back then, always from Russell Wilson, still to this day, where he told Pete Carroll at the bus, like, we'll be in the Super Bowl next year. And they actually did go back they to back years did. in the Super Bowl. but. Uh, that was that was like the good corny Russell Wilson. That was like dad joke Russell Wilson. That was like yeah. pre Sierra, right? Yeah, that like, was a
1: nice that was a nice Russell Wilson. That was
0: him being like, "Oh, we're going back to the Super Bowl, coach. We got this." And everyone's like, "Yeah, cool." Not like now it'd be it'd be too corny right now. So I'm happy about it. Uh, the Mariners do look like that team though. Like they got all those young pieces, and it's probably missing a piece or two, just like they did the. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl, right? They went and picked up a Percy Harvin. Now, Percy Harvin didn't work out perfect, for example, and Michael Bennett, these people. That's kind of what the Mariners need to do, right? Is get that one guy we overpay for a little bit.
1: Yeah, and then and- Percy Harvin at the biggest moment of the season came up big. Like Maybe mm-hmm. we get a guy who's disappointing and he hits a home run to win a playoff game. It happens all the time.
0: Yeah, you 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 go pay Correa $150 million and you're like, hey, he's not maybe worth it, but then you get to a playoff game and he's been there so many times and he goes three for four and you know, he's the reason you win a playoff
1: game and you say, hey, sure. that's why you that's, that's why, why you, you pay overpaid for Carlos Correa.
0: Yeah, literally. So hopefully we get there. And uh,
1: and I don't know and- if anyone's listening to this. So I, um, that's I have very importance. But I read an article. Part of a reason that Carlos Correa chose the Minnesota Twins was the city of Minnesota makes really good Juicy Lucy's. You know, the burgers. So, like, if Carlos Correa does come make a visit here, I don't know who needs to hear this, but make sure we have some fucking Juicy Lucys, like, prepared for this guy. Just make sure. And about $300 in cash.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the Juicy Lucys uh, was more of a saying, I like it. I like the Juicy Lucy's. In Minnesota. What else the fuck is he gonna say about Minnesota? If <laughs> I know, just googled, like, what's a good burger, like, good burger in Minnesota? Like, yeah, that's why I signed here. I love it. He
1: what's what's there, famous like, in
0: Minnesota? Yeah. Juicy, oh, yeah,
1: Juicy Lucy, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't think he has an accent like that, but that's fine. I, it's fine. It's fine. He can have whatever he wants. He can have three hundred million dollars. Just come sign with the Mariners. Uh,
0: I, I would not want to pay him three hundred million dollars,
1: but that's just me. Yeah, me either. But it was a theoretical three hundred million. I wonder how much he's looking to get because um, he
0: was on a what? Let's see. He was on he was on
1: a one-year contract. I think he was on a three-year. He was on a three-year. I'm correct. Uh, he was on so a why three-year. Is he a, why, is he, why is he a free agent after one year? Does he so, He had an opt-out.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he signed a three-year $105 million contract. So it's $35 million a year. So 10-year would be
1: about 10-year, 350 300, if, if yeah. he's looking for the same. But he's... Only twenty seven. So he's still young. Um, but he's opting out for sure. That's like a fact now. Uh um I think so. Okay. I think you already did. I could okay. be wrong, but yeah, I have no idea. i like I said, we haven't I haven't really thought through this portion of a podcast. <laughs> uh yeah, like we told you
0: guys, we're here to fucking just talk. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. I just want to see if it's for sure. Yeah, he he opted out. Okay. Uh, he sent to check out the market. I think he can look at the market and opt back in though, or like, because it says it's set to re-enter the open market. No, maybe he can't. Can you do that? Like, I have the zero. Market? I
1: have zero idea.
0: Let's see where Bleacher Report has us, George. Top ten landing spots. You ready? Yeah. Okay. They have number ten. The twins going back to the twins. Okay. That's not like Atlanta, that much. Boston, Yankees, Dodgers, that's number six. Number five, the Orioles. Okay. Number four, the Cardinals. We gotta be on this list, right? <laughs> number three, the Giants. Okay, we're not on this list. Number two,
1: the Phillies. And, and number, number one, the Cubs. That's stupid.
0: All right, stupid list. All we right. must
1: be we must be number eleven. Yeah, we were
0: obviously number eleven. All right. Well, he's not coming to the Mariners, anywho. Much love, great season, and let's fucking run it back and let's make love. The JP, I love
1: JP Crawford at I, I shortstop. I forgot to mention that. On the
0: podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> I know, just because we've been talking uh, about Carlos Curry for so no, long. Yeah, but I do gonna, love JP Crawford. JP Crawford's gonna be on the team next year. We yeah, yeah, got, yeah no, totally. He had like an extremely good part of the year and an extremely bad part. No, if he no, could totally. put it together and just be somewhere in the middle the whole year, he could bat 290 for the year and a Gold Glove guy. J. P. Crawford's like the oh, people won't like this. He's like a better version of like Kyle Seeger, Mariners faithful. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like where I actually would say like I want to keep J. P. Crawford. He's like the cooler version of Kyle Seeger where people would be like, "We need Kyle Seeger. Like, no, we don't. Suarez was. Such an update or upgrade from Up, Kelsey.
1: Absolutely, and but yeah, let's uh before before someone comes and uh, stabs us in the neck after that saying, let us um, let's move this on no hate, the, no the, hate on the, the, Let's 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 move on to the second best, uh, well, or maybe the best, Gino in Seattle, Gino Smith. Well,
0: uh, awful way to transition because he
1: actually technically didn't have a
0: great game, but. He, okay. won.
1: he did not have a great game, but he definitely did not have a bad game. They he did everything they asked him to do. I guess. I mean, they they want him to throw for four touchdowns. <laughs> no, I mean not all, not necessarily. I mean sometimes they ask him to game manage, and I think that's what he did.
0: I understand, but you said this the best, you know, and
1: that was just a bad transition. You could have transitioned with something about like Kenneth Walker. You know, something about just the Seahawks okay, winning. Like, because it was Gino Suarez. I, don't, I didn't know how to. I just wanted to tie Gino and Gino together. We weren't talking about Gino Suarez. We are talking about Kyle Seeger. You just talked about, you said that You said that Gino Suarez is better than Kyle Se- An upgrade on Kyle Seeger. So, Correct. We are
0: talking about J.P. Crawford and Kyle Seeger, technically, yeah. as you said. Let's transition. <laughs> so, Geno right. Smith went 20 for 31 for 197 yards. No touchdowns, no picks.
1: So, he didn't really have a great game. He yeah, outplayed Kyler Murray, who had both. So thank God for that.
0: I don't know if either one outplayed each other. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Murray was twenty-three for thirty-seven, two twenty-two, a touchdown and one pick. They both were sacked. He was sacked five, six times, and we were sacked five times. They both had a pretty average game. Um, nothing special,
1: but at least
0: you have to remember too. Kyler Murray was also ten carries for
1: a hundred rushing yards. Yeah. Gino had 50 rushing yards, almost about 48 rushing yards, 24 long. I mean, uh, which that's actually been the most surprising thing about Gino Smith this year. has been he's been pretty mobile under center. I feel like he's actually given us... There were some designed runs. There was one in the first half. Remember, of any on a QB draw and any kind of high-step to defender, you didn't see that much designed runs for Russell, Russell Wilson last year. Like, you're seeing... Designed runs for Geno Smith, and you're seeing him, you know, making some really good decisions during those design runs.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of just also has to do with the fact that when you look at what it means to be a franchise quarterback, and I say that like with some sarcasm, because I feel like some of these guys, when they get their money, they start to play differently. It's like preserve themselves or like I've already, you know, like Russell Wilson, the minute he got his money, and I think he wanted to keep his body safer. He wanted, which is good. Like you should, right? Like, don't get me wrong. You like, there's a reason Tom Brady's played this long. Cause he kept his body safe and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers keeps his body safe. So does, so does all these quarterbacks, but like there still needs to be the element of a quarterback who's willing to make the right calls running. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, what's cool. With Geno Smith right now, he's in this, like trying to prove himself mode. So he's willing to put his body on the line. He's going to make the right runs when he has to, he has to make the right throws when he has to. And, there's not much of this, like, managing his own self. You right. But,
1: I mean? but you know what's the irony behind that? Like, wouldn't you want to maybe be a little more safe so your body doesn't get hurt so you get paid? You no, know what I mean? you're like, not going
0: to get paid if you, unless you play good. Geno Smith's 32 years old. He's not going to get paid unless he actually... Fucking does it really you know? good, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know, but then if you also
1: be unfortunately knock on wood, he gets really injured, he's also not getting paid, so it's like it's definitely a risk. But I, I guess i what you're saying is you got to take a really big risk if he wants to actually see a big contract before the end of his career, yeah, which is probably like, not going to get. No, no, I don't think so, even with us. I mean, I think franchise tags or three year deal, he's never going to get a seven year, eight year deal for you know $120 million. <laughs> But he makes good money. Like, don't sleep
0: well on how much money he
1: makes. I have no idea. What is his um take a guess? I think I know
0: the number of I'm, checking
1: I'm gonna say one year nine and a half. <laughs> Not that good. Not that good. <laughs> Let's see. Uh
0: this year his base salary plus roster bonus plus pregame roster bonus plus workout bonus. They did a lot of bonuses to keep get- he made three point five million one year. Okay. Man, that's a steal for what the production he's been giving us. Yeah, but he's remember, he's also had like a long career. So he's had he made four years, five million on uh, the Jets, signed with the Giants for one year, one point two million, chargers one year, one million, Seahawks for 850, 870, 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2, and 3.5. So he's made a good, like, you know. 10 million 15 million dollars in his career. But it, he's yeah. he's that's a steal for 3.5 million dollars this year.
1: Yeah, I know. Man, it, it's unbelievable. Like I'm just looking at it right now, he has the highest completion percentage in the whole NFL of starters. His 108.1 rating is third to only Josh Allen at 109.1 and Tua at 109.9. Like the production for 3.5 million dollars that we're getting from Geno Smith. He's been an absolute steal. Yeah, it's insane actually. Um, I don't I
0: don't know. I mean, he's the type of dude that if you told me we're rolling with him for another year or two, I might not be upset if you get him for like say, Hey Gino, we're gonna give you six million, a two year twelve million dollar contract. So if we do find a young guy that happens to work, you might be a backup making six million, or you're just gonna be our quarterback making six million dollars a year. That's right. probably a win-win for both sides.
1: Right. And, you know, in general, he has a long, long, long uh, season left to prove himself, right? I mean, this the rest of his season, and he's 32 years old. He's younger than Russell Wilson. He has the rest of his season to prove. Is he a three-, four-year quarterback in Seattle, or is it just one and done? Or somewhere. Um, or, somewhere. or somewhere. He's a free agent after his season. Hear but, me out. Russell yeah. Wilson, like you said, is 32. Or 30, 34, sorry. He's 34, Russell Wilson
0: yeah. is two years older, and he got a five-year contract. If you tell me, let's say you have a fucking great roster like the Tampa Bay Bucks, okay? Or like even the... Maybe they don't have a great roster anymore. What's a good example? Like a Steelers, okay? Mm -hmm. Or a... What's a good roster? Like let's say Jimmy Garoppolo now got hurt too. And they have the 49ers roster and Trey Lance is hurt and Garoppolo is hurt. Would they be willing to give... Geno Smith, like six million, seven, eight million dollars for like one year, and just like come in and like you with a roster with the Seahawks roster, you might have won eight, nine games. You might win eleven games with man. So,
1: someone will be willing to give him fifteen million dollars a year at this at, at this age in production for two years. If you're the Seahawks next year, and let's say everything goes to plan, right, the rest of the season, and he's playing like he is right now, a two, three or forty five million dollar deal. Is in no means a, uh, a a expensive deal for a quarterback. The way you got to look at it, I mean, we just saw Russell Wilson get five years, two hundred fifty million. That's fifty million a year. If you're paying your quarterback fifteen million a year, there's no. I, I mean, I I would say he might be the he's probably the lowest paid starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Gino, yeah. How do you, can you look that up? I, I'm look, yeah, I'm looking up right now. Uh Quarterbacks, annual salaries. Let's see. Yep. Okay. So oh, man. Yeah. He is not in the top 20. Like for example, Mariota is making 9.9 9 million this year. James okay. is making. I can tell you. Right million. Yeah. So
0: he's at, Gino's right here at three, five. Now it depends if you're counting certain
1: people. For example, um, I'm I'm thinking starters. Andy Dalton's a starter right now, making three. But yeah, like, but but Jameis is making 14. So he's this they're paying. What about the Kenny Pickett? He's a starter. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, he's he making, making two point five. Okay. He's a rookie
0: vote. And Jalen Hurts making one point six.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Okay, but what? Jalen Hurts is uh, definitely not, the best uh, yeah, value. Yeah, but but I guess out of all non-rookie uh, contracts, because that's a rookie contract, you can't do anything about it. All Out of the non-rookie contracts he, that are starters or perceived as a starter Non-rookie
0: contracts. You had Cooper Rush. I know he's going to lose his job this week, but he was yeah. making eight eight 845. Yeah. Uh, I just want to go through people who did start this year, at least the game, just for fun here. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, let's see. Corral, Skylar, Who's Skyler Thompson? Oh, he started last week, didn't he? For yeah, I, I, for then uh, he got concussion yeah. after
1: the first time. He hour. makes 725
0: God, look at these broke people $725,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such bullshit. <laughs> uh, 8, 845000 for Rush. Uh, Zappy, he's been starting, he makes 866 Um, and then you have to go a little higher up now. Then you have Davis Mills, who's on a rookie contract, She's at one point one million, um, and Jalen Hurts at one point six million. And then you keep going up. Pickett's at two point five, and then it's like Dalton at three, it's Geno Smith at three five. After that, the next like lowest of like a real starter is like it's probably Mariota. The- no, it's Mac Jones at three point okay. five. Trubisky's at three point six. He started a little bit. Jameis is at four. Mariota's at four two five. Um, Baker Mayfield only at four point eight this year because they took off his money. Herbert's only at seven million. Honestly, the two, the there's they're the three most valued, like valuable contracts when I was a quarterback. I feel like like value, not valuable. You know what I mean? Like the value pieces. Yeah. Justin Herbert at seven million is pretty pretty good steal. Um, absolutely. And uh, uh, Gino Smith, that his number is a pretty good steal too. Not going to lie at 3.5, whatever it is. And then, and then the biggest steal of them all is Jalen hurts at 1.6 million. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely. Insane. That's insane. No, that's, that, that's okay. insanity. That's such a low number. And that's a steal for the Philadelphia Eagles. He might man, be the man. fucking
0: MVP this year, dude. <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah. But no, that's, um, but yeah, I, oh God, I don't even know where we were with that before we got into salaries. The point is that we're lucky to have him at three million. Uh, next year, if he keeps playing like this, he'll probably get a deal similar to like the Herbert, maybe seven, eight million a year, which I would pay uh, if you have a starting quarter. Don't have a starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. What, who knows? I have no idea what the plan is going to be.
1: Well, like- I'll tell you one thing. He, I mean, we're going to find out what he's really made of. And what, you know, he said that um, people wrote him up, but he didn't really write back, though. How about if I told you? That he's about to play the Chargers next, which they used to be his former team, and then the Giants, his other former team. So two straight revenge games for Geno Smith.
0: Yeah, I forget revenge games. Let's just let's remember that this fucking schedule is hard. So <laughs> you have that three and two Chargers who are a really good team, the five and one Giants, and you go to Arizona, which we always uh, win there, but who knows? We won in Seattle this time. So and then you play Tampa Bay, which is Tom Brady, a bye week. Then you play Vegas, who's going to be in need of wins, and they're very good. And then you play the Rams. That's a tough stretch. And the rest of the season is not easy, George. That's 49ers, Chiefs, the Jets, who are four and two, and then the Rams. That's it. We have one easy game, I'd say, in the in Panthers. Carolina. Yeah, that's we might it. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> What's well, at home? So that helps us a little bit.
0: Yeah, but like we have all teams that are potential playoff, like either playoff hopeful, hopefuls. Or, like, playoff contenders, except for Carolina.
1: Yeah, no, no. Very tough schedule coming up for Seattle for the rest of the year, but that's what what, the good news is we're going to actually find out what Geno Smith is, and that's really important, in my opinion, because you want to go into next season knowing what we have.
0: Yeah, it's – yeah, you got to know. Is this, like, we got to draft a quarterback immediately, or can we, like, last one more year with this guy
1: without it being embarrassing well my thing is you still draft a quarterback if the right one falls to you or you get the one you really want but like if gino's not good the rest of his season which i think he's going to be then you have to force finding a quarterback
0: unless That's the difference we, unless the broncos end up in a really bad spot which once again right. as we say on every podcast every single po- the broncos could be what two and four tonight if they lose to yep to the, they lose to the chargers yeah Um, which I hope they do. One thing we always say on this podcast and repeat it one more week, just, just to keep Mm. it rolling is what I don't care if you like dislike. I don't care if you love or don't love Russell Wilson root against the Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks, your Seattle Seahawks have their first round picks. So what does that mean? George, do you want to explain it to the people?
1: Um, if you don't know by now, then you probably haven't heard our podcast before. That means we get a higher pick the worse they do, because we own their Boom. first round draft pick.
0: So you know like those like books for like like engineering for dummies. This is like yeah, this
1: first like round pick being for a Seahawks
0: dummies. fan for dummies, like how the draft works. The shittier Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos play, the higher draft pick the Seahawks get. So we should hope they lose every single game. And the more they lose, the more the trade we we win the trade, draft pick wise and emotionally. So, fucking root for Russell Wilson to lose, dude. You can like I him know. as a human, like him all you want, love I him don't. as a human. I don't. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I'm just saying. Uh,
1: I know, but I'm Just saying. I'm
0: saying anybody because some people say, "Well, I like Russell Wilson." Okay, like him. That. Like oh, that's your choice. Like him, do whatever you want. Love him. That's what I'm saying. Like him, love him. Do whatever you like. Love the man for like. Follow him on Instagram. Buy his Denver Broncos jersey for all I care. Hope hope the team loses games.
1: That's it. Love it. Well, speaking of draft picks and owning draft picks, I kind of want to talk about our first round picks or not first round picks, our whole draft class last uh, draft cuz they have been absolutely killing it. And I wanted to start with our future like legion uh not legion of boom but legion i don't know, what's what are we going to nickname the secondary <laughs>
0: there's, there's too much going on right they like we want to talk about our first round draft pick not our first round draft fit the draft picks class of picks and then you go the legion of Bo- not the boom what's the boom <laughs> like,
1: my, my, <laughs> point, my my point my point is this draft class needs access especially the secondary needs a nickname and i don't know what that nickname is going to be but they have been Really good. This whole draft class has been really good. And uh, I want to talk about Kobe Bryant and Tariq, Tariq Woolen for a second. I, I saw a really cool stat. So, Tariq Woolen just became one of 14 players in NFL history to record four interceptions in his first six career games. 14 players in the in history of the NFL is not that much. Um, when in I heard N-
0: 14, I was like, yeah, okay.
1: All right. How, how and, it's pretty unique, uh, 14 in the history of the NFL. And according to other stats, um, they've only been tracking this since 1999. No rookie has produced four forced fumbles in their first six games until Kobe Bryant accomplished it yesterday, which is pretty good. Can you say that again slower? No rookie has uh, has forced four fumbles in their first six games other than Kobe Bryant since they started tracking the forced fumbles stat.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, pretty crazy how good those two have been playing. And I know, like, they, like, don't get me wrong, they're rookies. They have not been perfect in coverage, and there's been a lot of, like, uh, progression, which is what you want to see, right? Which, mm-hmm. like, the defense is slowly getting better, and you can see the progression of these guys. Like, um, I think that's what the really cool thing is, like, like you said, you have four four spumbles by Kobe Bryant. We have four picks and four games by Woolen, right? Yeah. Uh this is game six that were on the first two games. The the defense was good. The defense has had ups and downs all year, but it's cool to see the last four games, like a guy like Woolen yeah. get four picks and you know, be the first rookie since uh Richard Sherman on the Seahawks to do that. And they're they're their um what what is it called? Their like career path or life path is oddly way too similar. Yep. Um their career track i guess i don't know yeah they're both here i have it so they're both converted from wide receiver to corner in college uh sherman was the 140 154th pick and he's the 153rd so one pick right. difference so it's a little bit better and they both had four interceptions as rookies so far
1: uh, well For, uh yeah i mean that's pretty... might pass awesome I guess the only difference is probably we uh, Sherman went to Stanford. Where did Woolen go? I'm I'm don't know why I'm spacing out on that. And so is Sammy as he looks that up, and they probably did not have uh, Harbaugh as his coach telling him he can't. You can't do. It. I knew this I Should have just. What what, what is it? UT San Antonio. Oh yeah, that's right. I did not I know that because I, was... I remember that when they drafted him, like UT San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio wow.
0: plays football. <laughs> yeah, that, that was exactly my reaction. They've actually got they were ranked this year for like one week, I think, and then like lost hella bad. So,
1: yeah, they would have won if they had Tariq Woolen. Yeah, maybe he was. I don't know if he was good, <laughs> he was a
0: fifth round pick, <laughs> and he's a wide receiver converted to corners. I don't know if he was really that, uh, more of a project, which is interesting. The same thing of Russell uh, Richard Sherman, he was like kind of a project in college, and it was like not that great. And... All of a sudden, a team's like, "Hey, we we see where this is going," and then you get this guy to work, and all of a sudden, it's it's just cool how that works, you know, like how you can actually The Seahawks are good at seeking this potential type of stuff, so especially really cool. especially at that position. Yeah, defensive back corner specifically. Yeah, and of course, I mean, like the whole draft class. So, like, it's Woolen, and Kobe Bryant have been making plays like that, which I think, as great as they've been, I would still put them as the at the bottom of the list compared to the other guys I'm about to mention. Um because I feel like it's interesting with corners, the big plays make it exciting, right? The interception, the force rumbles. Right. But they did have a lot of ups and downs beginning like the coverage issues, which is fine. They're the rookies. It's not a bad thing because I yeah. think this draft class same is same with fucking... Michael
1: Jackson, which we haven't really yeah. mentioned yet.
0: Uh but I mean uh, Michael Jackson wasn't a rookie. So
1: he's, he's really not He's second year? He's like third or fourth year, third if, year if I'm not okay. mistaken. It's my then, bad. You're making me check this now,
0: because <laughs> like I just said it out loud. Like he was, he's not a rookie, but who fucking knows? Let's see. Two, he went to college in Miami. He's two years of experience. So yeah, okay. he played. This is his third, fourth year. Oh, fourth wow, year. he was right, on I was the way off Lions. On that. He only played one game for the Lions in 2019. One game for the Patriots in 2020. Two games for the Seahawks last year. Shockingly. And six games this year for us. So but All he's right. at his ups that, and downs.
1: Team. That is totally my bad. I messed that one up. Right. Um so but not go ahead. Rookie, but not yeah. a rookie. The
0: the players who make like the, the reason I think that I'd put Woolen and Kobe Bryant, which is not a shot, it's like saying I'm putting fucking Richard Sherman above the like, Cam Chancellor, like I don't know, they're both like everyone's playing fucking good as young players. But right what Lucas and Cross have done. Abraham Lewis, Lucas and Charles Cross to make our offensive line much better is a huge fucking deal. Like, and this is it's kind of ironic because you had Russell Wilson begging for this for so many years, and then he leaves, and we draft two offensive linemen who are playing great. They've really helped this offensive line. I know Gino had a couple sacks last week, but he held the ball a little long, you know, a couple times. But overall, Gino's been pretty clean in the pocket. Um, overall, the the, the line has just been good. And what that helped with, too, was a rookie running back in Kenneth Walker coming in after the Rashad Penny injury and rushing for almost 100 yards this week and looking really, really good. That offense is really going because of Lucas and Cross now. And I think that's really exciting to see as rookies because they're both playing great as offensive linemen rookies. and That helps the rookie running back. That helps Geno Smith. And it overall makes this class, like, Extremely impressive. Very 2012-esque
1: again. A hundred percent. And then I saw a cool stat for Kenneth Walker, and I didn't know this is how they like uh, classified it, but most missed tackles forced in week six, six in the NFL, Kenneth Walker at 12. Really? I didn't know that's how they classify. Most forced missed tackles. So most broken tackles, I think, is how I would usually say it. But, yeah. And that's according to PFF
0: damn uh yeah he looked elusive you know like what are what the meaning of the word elusive is you know like just that like
1: a slippery salmon
0: yeah that's what that was the saying that the announcers (laughs) did i couldn't believe it it.
1: he's like
0: man he is elusive out there looking like a slippery salmon i was like no way
1: (laughs) no way he said that
0: (laughs) yeah like there's no
1: fucking way he just said a slippery salmon but it, it was a good example 100%. 100%. And uh, yeah, so no, I just wanted to shout out that rookie class in general because it's been great, really. I'm very like for the amount of times some people started questioning our drafting this year, I think you have to look back at it so far and give it like an A, A plus on, on the draft class. Yeah, it's been a definite A or A plus. Yeah, it's like it's
0: very exciting to see. Uh, I think the Seahawks are starting to build something special. I'm not going to lie, like, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs with this Seahawks stuff where, I don't know, do I really believe what Pete Carroll's doing here? Do I really believe what John Schneider was doing here? And it all turned out that, you know, they do know better than the fans. It's one thing that I've learned a lot recently, like when it comes to the Mariners, when it comes to the Seahawks, like, oh, maybe the GM and the coach who get paid millions of dollars to do this do know better than we do.
1: Absolutely. I know, it's funny how fans all think... Shocking. <laughs> like, like, no, there's no way. Like, we know more. Like, no, they, you really don't. I saw a tweet today. What was it? It's it's like, he loves
0: tweeting just like weird Seahawks shit. Evan Hill. Evan Hill, yes. Yeah, he loves like either talking shit like about the Seahawks usually, but it was funny. Today he tweeted with a heavy heart. I'm sad to report that I'm starting to believe Picaro was right about the Seahawks being a
1: good football team. <laughs>
0: Like everyone last year wanted him fucking fired.
1: I know. I know. It's just, I, I, that him and John Schneider, I feel like the fans unfortunately started thinking we're smarter in the room, as you're saying. And, um, I, I, I usually believe in these organizations. We have proven time over time that they're a very, very good organization.
0: Yeah. They truly are. And here we are winning football games. And I can't believe we're tied for the division at three and three.
1: I can't believe the whole division is three and three except the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's if you win a game or two in a row, if we can go ahead and you know beat one of the, if we can go one and one against the Giants and Chargers, and then beat the Cardinals, let's say again the week after, go two and one the next couple games. When you're at five and four, you might be in first place in this division.
1: Hundred. That's. I think that should be the goal, really. I think, as you just said, we need to get into that Germany game, which is uh what in november about a month from four now weeks. at at 5 and 4 like we need to get yeah. to that game at 5 and 4
0: cuz if you lose that you're at 5 and 5 in this division you're probably still going to be fine
1: yeah and unfortunately like the NFC this year is just loaded with 3 and 3 and like but i, I think over that's time that's unfortunate
0: i think the NFC's bad this year which is a good thing for us
1: yeah you're right i guess I, I, my point is there's a lot of teams evenly matched like i think the Rams are three and three in seventh place. Green Bay's three and three. Atlanta three and three. Us three and three. It's just like there's no. That's a good I... thing. You think it... about it.
0: If yeah, if you're in the, for example, if you were three and three right now in uh, the AFC, you're behind the Bills, Chiefs, Titans, Ravens, Jets, Chargers, Colts. Like there's not as many. You know, like it's good to have a lot of three and three teams, which means the the whole conference is very
1: even. Yeah, I guess so. I, I was just—I guess—I got worried about seeing the Giants at five and one and the Cowboys at four and two because I feel like those are, you know, so many wild card spots are already taken. But then again, we we should be going for the division at three and three right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Number one. Number two is like you're not going to
0: win the division at eight and nine. And nine. So it's nine like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a mute point. Yeah, it's if you, like we're three and three. If we were like four and two and we were like at the bottom of the standings, I'd be like, holy shit. But like yeah. we're three and three. We're exactly where you'd want to be at three and three. Like, whatever. We're we're one game away from being like a wild card spot and one <laughs> loss away from being out of it. Like, that's it, that's perfect for a team that doesn't really have much expectations. Like, as no matter even no matter if you hated or loved the Seahawks going into this season. This was a season of like not much expectation, right? Like just yeah, like, wow, near, nearly
1: yeah, nearly zero expectations heading into this season. So, um, man, I know, but it's just it gets exciting now that like we're actually playing good. I'm starting to like get my hopes up. So
0: yeah, we're going into week seven, tied for the division, and at three and three, so at five hundred. So it's like cool I'm going into week seven. Like, wouldn't have guessed that. That's fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels yeah. really, really good.
0: Like even if you thought we were going to be decent, you probably wouldn't have said we're tied for first in the division going to week seven.
1: Like no, I I thought someone would be four and two, five and one in our in our it, division. And before this season, you know, Benny thought that the NFC West is the best division in football, and the NFC East is the worst division in football. And right now, I mean, if you look at the standings only, it's reversed. For real,
0: yeah, it's crazy. But here we are. Life's good. Absolutely. I'm happy. I'm very happy. All right. Well, that was 30 minutes each. Pretty good, George. Pretty good by us. Fantastic.
1: Great work. Great work. Well, nice and concise. Kept it tight. Yeah.
0: 30 minutes each. Anything else?
1: No, that's it, man. Um, felt
0: like a round down, so I felt. I
1: just felt it. <laughs> yeah, no. A wind just, down. The, it was a wind down. Uh, once again, great Mariners season. This doesn't mean, by the way, that all our Mariners coverage is done now. We will be probably a couple. I wouldn't say it's going to be weekly Mariner podcasts during the offseason, but we'll probably have a few of them here and there, you know, talking about the off season And once, you know, anything big happens with free agency, we will have podcasts about all Seattle sports, I
0: guess, technically. Maybe not the mm-hmm. Kraken. We'll mention the Kraken. We're going to start watching some more Kraken. So I'll watch a Kraken
1: tonight, maybe a little bit after Monday yeah. Night Football. But
0: like, I can't give you. Anything analysis-wise.
1: <laughs> I know Shane Wright's on the team, and that makes me excited. Even I don't think uh... he played the last two games. I think
0: they're sending him back to the minors. Is he going
1: to be sent back to the minors? I think they're trying to figure out how to manage him. Uh, that's fun. Well, he's only 18 years old, so it's really – uh I usually they do not – they usually start in the minors at this time, but I don't know. Yeah, he was scratched for the second game of the season two days ago. So I don't know if he's
0: playing tonight or not.
1: Yeah. Maybe they should send him to the minors. If you're not going to play him, send him to the minors. Get him some some uh, minutes over there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with
0: that. He just had a second healthy scratch, but they're trying to ease him in. Who knows? He's eighteen. So He's 18, man. Yeah, I good have news. no fucking idea how hockey works. You so either I have zero like, idea. NBA I just, 18, you're like fucking stardom. Baseball, you're uh, like I'll, put him in single A.
1: Yeah, all, all I know is I read online that at 18, he should be playing in the minors usually. That's why I read online. But yeah, don't I'm know just about saying though, like
0: every sport. Think about football, you're not even allowed to be drafted till you're mm-hmm. like 21, basically. You have to have three years of college baseball you can start when you're like five in the fucking yeah. minors but no matter how old you are at 18 you're gonna be in single a probably.
1: you're gonna be in single a most yeah. likely yeah.
0: and then basketball it's like 17 like pff, he's a starter on the sacramento kings you're like oh okay <laughs> so weird every sport's very different so it's like hard to assess and soccer same shit soccer you could get drafted by fucking barcelona at like three and twelve. A
1: half. yeah <laughs> starting even, in the- even yeah. earlier Oh, yeah. You could be on you know, that's your unborn kid that you You don't even have a, anyone pregnant. It could be signed by Barcelona tomorrow. Really? Well, they my, could be, like Cristiano Ronaldo's, for example. Oh, yeah. Not yours. They're not interested, but they could literally go up to Messi, like, we'll sign your unborn son now. For real. For real.
0: Well, much love. Go Kraken, go Seahawks, go Mariners, go Sonics one day. All of it. And, uh, We'll be back later this week, so stay tuned. And uh, we love you. Thank you, guys. George, what (laughs) do we like to say? Thanks for stopping by. Peace!